Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Travel Media Lab podcast, everyone. I am your host, Yulia Denisuk, an award-winning travel photographer, writer, entrepreneur, community builder, um, creator, and storyteller. And today on the podcast, we are continuing our summer reading series in which I share with you some of the most favorite stories that I've done today. So the story I'm going to read to you today is my first story for BBC Travel. And it was a story I produced from a very special trip I took to Mongolia. I selected uh, this story today because as I'm recording this podcast episode, we're actually putting final touches on another BBC travel story with my editor that will come out shortly. That is also very special to me uh, because that is a story that's going to report about a place I was born, Kazakhstan. So I feel like this is a bit of a full circle moment for me. But coming back to Mongolia, Mongolia is a very special place. I highly, highly recommend you um uh travel there at least once in your lifetime it is a country that is so remote it takes so long to get there from the united states but it is also a country that's currently in the middle of changes and it's changing fast uh it's becoming more urban country a lot of people are moving to ulaanbaatar the capital and um, you can feel it when you go there. It's a place that's really in flux right now. Um, and it's really interesting as a traveler to observe that flux. And if you are interested in Mongolia and in learning more about Mongolia, then uh, take note that a friend of mine, uh, a fellow travel journalist, um, Brianna Wilson, who was, by the way, also a guest on our podcast, will link to... Um, her episode in the show notes, um, she is based in Mongolia. So she quit her um, job in Los Angeles uh, some time ago and she started traveling full time and she's now based in Mongolia. She does a lot of trips in Mongolia and she posts about regularly. So be sure to check her um, Instagram out. I will uh, link to her profile as well. But her name is Brianna Wilson and she's definitely a um, Mongolia expert. So this story that I'm about to read to you, um, it is actually a photo essay and it's highly visual. And the, the, the photos themselves, I'm very proud of them. So once you're done listening to this episode, be sure to check out the link that I um, uh, will include in the show notes to see the actual story and to see the photos and to understand uh, even better what this place that I'm about to share with you looks like and feels like as well. I hope you enjoy this episode. Mongolia's epic celebration at negative 40 degrees Celsius. Once a year, Mongolians from different provinces, tribes, and religious beliefs gather at Lake Kovskol to celebrate their shared connection to nature. 
Leaving traffic-choked Ulaanbaatar, where about half of Mongolia's 3 million citizens live, feels like a trip to another planet. On the outskirts of the country's biggest city, residential buildings and factories quickly give way to deserted moonscapes that stretch toward the horizon. The land of the eternal blue sky, as Mongolia is often called, is cloudless most of the year. But this abundance of sunshine can be deceiving. Much of Mongolia's rugged landscape consists of wide, grass-covered plains called steppes, which, uncluttered by trees or man-made structures, allow gales to sweep across the land. The weather can be especially treacherous in winter, when Siberian winds from the north bring in exceedingly cold air and temperatures regularly dip below 40, negative 40 degrees Celsius. Located in northern Mongolia near the Russian border, Lake Kovskol is the country's largest freshwater lake by area, stretching across over 2,000 square kilometers and measuring over 200 meters at its deepest point. Its crystalline waters have earned it the nickname the Blue Pearl of Mongolia, although for at least six months of the year the lake is encased in several meters of ice, strong enough to hold people, livestock, and even vehicles. Before starting the day on the ice, the residents of Kovsko climb atop a sacred rock to pay respect to the lake's spirit. Once the spirit of Lake of Skull has been appeased, the, the ice is deemed safe to step on. In the stillness of the morning, the air here is filled with popping and cracking sounds. The surface of Lake of Skull looks permanently frozen, but the ice is a living, breathing thing. As it melts during the day's warmer temperatures, the ice blanket expands, causing pressure cracks in the surface that refreeze once the sun sets, forming a complex, web-like pattern. Mongolia is roughly the size of Western Europe, but with nearly 130 times fewer residents, it makes it the least densely populated country in the world. Life outside the urban areas remains close to how it was centuries ago when wild horses roamed seemingly endless grass pastures. The growing copper, coal, and precious metal mining industries have transformed the economy over the past few decades, but agriculture and herding remain a cornerstone of Mongolian life. Families of the steppe rely upon livestock for their income, transport, food, and survival. Many herding families live a semi-nomadic lifestyle, steering their herds of horses or reindeer to fertile pastures while staying close to a village for healthcare and other community needs. With winds prevalent throughout the winter, herders try to base themselves in a calm spot in a valley or near a hill through the season. The peripatetic way of life would hardly be possible without a gear, the nomadic Mongolian's portable home. The circular shape helps insulate the gear from the continuous winds and warm it evenly with the heat from a wood-burning stove, the home's physical and spiritual center. The gear is designed so that a group of five people can assemble it in about an hour, allowing families to move as quickly and often as their herds require.
Horses in particular are an indelible part of the Mongolian identity. With no fences and enclosures to keep them captive, domestic horses live in herds, moving freely from pasture to pasture. In tough winter months, survival of the animals preoccupies many minds. While conditions known as zuds, when the summer droughts and the subsequent winter freeze drastically reduce viable pasture land, used to be a once-a-decade occurrence, in recent years they have increased in frequency and severity. Despite the difficulties they face, the people find ways to honor the winter months and celebrate their survival. Every March, as spring approaches, Mongolians from across the country travel to Lake Kovzgol for the Kovzgol Ice Festival. Getting here is not an easy feat. Few paved roads exist. Much of the distance is traversed through bumpy tracks with no signposts to guide the way. Armed with a thermos of tsai, a mix of water, milk, black or green tea, and a dash of salt, and a satchel of fresh, deep-fried kushur, a type of meat pastry, families gather on a meters-deep ice to celebrate the end of the most challenging part of the year. The festival has been gaining popularity with tourists in recent years. Over the course of two days, attendees can observe and participate in traditional Mongolian pastimes. On the first day of the festival, horse-drawn sleighs scurry across the frozen lake and guests compete in traditional games such as tug-of-war and archery. The second day is reserved for large competitions like horse-sleigh races and ice sculpture carving. Hailing from different provinces, tribes, ethnic groups and religious beliefs, visitors settle in gears on and around the lake, coming together to celebrate the profound respect for nature that unites them. Despite the difficulties faced during the winter months, the mood is joyous. At night, before the shaman summons the crowd to the ceremonial fire, Participants gather around tables bursting with snacks like arul, dried cheese curd, and borzogs, puffy fried dough. Plenty of tsai is consumed and bowls of fermented mare's milk, airag, are passed around in a circle. As the night outside gets progressively colder, inside the gears, the atmosphere is warm. All right, thank you so much for listening for to this episode today, everyone. If you enjoyed it, do let me know on social by sharing this episode or by sending me a message. I always love to hear from our listeners. And don't forget to check out the link in the show notes where I've included the actual link to this article. Because again, it is a photo essay, so it is highly visual. There is lots of um, interesting photographs there that you can see from this festival that I just um, shared with you. And thank you again. I hope you enjoy this episode and I will see you next week.